Sam, I feel like a hug. I want a hug. A big cuddle. Yeah. In a nice way, not in as in I'm sad. That that this interview's really made me feel at one with the universe and wishing we were in a studio so we could all have a group hug rather than doing this remotely via tech all over the world. Good vibes is an understatement for what you're about to have over this next half an hour, listener. Healthy good vibes. Healthy good vibes. We have our first official health segment on the Helping Musicians podcast. This is like a smoothie in your ears. A green kale smoothie of heartwarming goodness thanks to Waves Rush In. A lovely man, a very talented man, but most importantly, and I think most interestingly, he didn't start his musical journey until he was in his 30s. So he has this really unique perspective on starting his journey. Well, starting, you know, we associate, I think a lot of people starting a musical journey in your teenage years, maybe early 20s. He started in his early 30s, so he shares all the things he learned along the way. Specifically, he talks about what made him finally make the change. So if you've been putting it off, you've got this nagging feeling that music is your thing, but you've got to do a proper job or be in the real world. I think it's really interesting to hear someone share openly and candidly how they were in that situation and what made them make the change. And, you know, why you need to make sure there's a yoga mat on your rider. Sam, we're excited to talk to you for a number of reasons, but... On the Helping Musicians podcast, we like to get straight into the the love, the value, the action for a musician at the start of their career. And you are unique for us in a number of reasons, other than just being a fabulously talented and handsome human being. Um, in that um, <laughs> you have this quite unique start to your musical journey happening a little bit later in your life. If we associate mm. cliche, you know, oh, I was 12 when I first picked up a guitar and then I wrote my first song at 16 and all those kind of classic stories. You start mm. a little bit later in life. Um, and I think one of the things that's really interesting and exciting about that, especially for our listeners, is you're experiencing a lot of the same things that our listeners will have, you know, starting a new passion, but you're doing it with more life experience. Like you've literally mm. learned more things about human beings and creativity and life. Mm. Um, mm. So the question I want to ask you to start off with is starting music a little bit later in your life journey. What things did you learn that, you know, you think you might have not really picked up on if you were 16 starting out or 17 starting out? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, firstly, I don't like to put things in boxes and I think it's so easy to like go, Oh, I'm, I've missed the boat or I'm too late Mm -hmm. to do this. That's not the way life works. Like the thing that keeps you young and healthy and, and, and inspired is learning new things, whatever stage of life you're at. My granny was learning French in her nine, like in her nineties, you know, so it's like, and that just kept her young, but no. So I think, yeah, life experience, I think any experience one has, you bring into your art and, and definitely approaching it from a place of personal growth and having traveled the world and and made films for a living up until this point and has definitely all fed into my creativity and my art although i'm a big believer in the 10,000 hours i think when mm. you when you see incredibly amazing people yes there's an small element of talent but 90% of it is the fact that they started really young so they're they're 15,000 hours into the game and then it's easy to judge yourself against that but you know starting late you know you have to give yourself a little bit of leeway to go wow I've got to play catch up (laughs) while also being able to bring that wealth of experience and, and personal growth and understanding to the table. Could you, um, just for those who don't know, um, could you expand on what the uh, 10,000 hours uh, concept is? Yeah, there's, there's uh, I've forgotten actually the author's name. He, Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell, there we go. Made, Thank it, you made it famous. Much. He made it famous and his whole philosophy is that a person can become a master at anything if they spend 10,000 hours doing it. And obviously every thousand hours you get closer to that, you're getting better and better. And and that actually it's easy to kind of have a fixed mindset and that you think you see people who are very, very good at stuff and you think, oh, they've got that thing and I don't have that thing. Instead of going, they're actually just way more experienced and they put way more work in than me. 
And if I if that is my dream and that is my goal, I can work hard to to get that good at something and bring my own unique USP to it as well. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of really emphasizing with the nature nurture thing that there's actually mm. a lot you can do about the nurture thing yourself if you put mm. the. I think it's all. I mean, it's all down to us, isn't it? I mean, we all have our own unique USP. Like we all have our own unique singing voice. We all have our own unique personality. But that's the thing that makes it original to you. But to get good at something, if you're passionate about something and it doesn't matter what stage in life you're at, you, you, you know, you just passion is driving force and it sees you through the tough times of which there are always loads in any career and that makes you put the work in. And when things are joyful, you get to celebrate. When things are tough, you get to learn. And that's the beautiful thing about doing things that you're passionate about, no matter what stage in life you're at. I'm assuming it's not too personal. What are some of the mm. toughest obstacles you've had to overcome well i i put off music till i was 30 even though i knew it was a big passion and i think there are many different reasons for that one is you know i set up a production company and i had to put work tirelessly to make that a success um so it took up a lot of my time but i think with my dad being in the record industry i didn't have the ten thousand hour sort of psychology and i thought oh you know I, l I listened to the greats and I was like, I'm a kid in art school comparing himself to Picasso. This didn't give myself any room <laughs> to be bad or any room to like grow. And then also, cause there's an element of added scrutiny and justification needed to step into the industry, or I felt like I did. It just, it squashed my creativity and squashed my ability to grow until I hit 30. And I was like, I just love this so much. There's only one reason why I should do this. And that is because it sets me alight and time disappears when I songwrite. And I just have this calling to songwrite, you know, the performing and the releasing music has been a part and parcel of that. But the thing that drives me is how can I tell better stories how can i make better songs and how can i touch more people's lives with them so did you have like a eureka moment at five in the morning on your 30th birthday you were like fuck it it's time to be a musician or uh, <laughs> i'd like to say it was like there was a few there's a few pinnacle moments one was i was sitting down watching a documentary with my sister-in-law and my wife and it was about a creative i can't remember the specific film and i just burst into tears in the middle of it and I was just so frustrated. Oh, wow. I was just like all this frustrated energy. And I was like, I just, I was just like, I can't like, oh my God. And in that moment, I had like a decision. I was like, right, I'm never again going to allow myself to be frustrated with music. I'm going to channel this energy into honing the craft, into getting out in the studio, into picking up my guitar, into facing my fears. And actually ever since that moment, I haven't ever felt frustrated with music because frustration is such a powerful energy if you use it. Mm -hmm. and, and it can be, you know, in as as your career goes on you get little knocks or little moments or confidence knocks or someone says something whatever it is use that as fuel to drive you forward to hone the craft more and to get better at your passion and and so that was a big moment what were the other ones one i mean the thing that kind of made me kind of go and just decide to do music as well was I had a, a bit of a health scare, nothing too major, but I went to the hospital to get checked for something. And I, I, on the way there, I was like, oh my God, what if this is something sinister? And I just thought two things. One was I was having a break from my girlfriend at the time, who's my now wife. And I was like, right, why the hell am I not spending time with the woman that I love? <laughs> And the other one was, why the hell am I not doing music when every part of my being sets a light when I'm involved in doing it and writing? And, and so... That was quite an intense day. 
Yeah, it, yeah, it was an intense day till a few hours later when I walked away with a big smile on my face and yeah, and I was fine. But but it but you know I think when you're kind of restricted by fear, which it takes a lot of courage to follow one's passions, especially with think creative industries and especially with you know sharing your voice and sharing your soul in whatever form that takes. I think sometimes it takes a reality slap to go. Hold on a minute. It throws things in perspective. And so that was another another big moment. You've said quite a few powerful one-liners just in those anecdotes, Sam. So thank you for sharing them. Yeah. You know, some of them are, are quite Reality personal, slap. Feels very hashtagable. Reality slap. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I saw some of your videos and I love the way that you do the infographics. And stuff. Oh, yeah. Our editor is going to have a lot of fun with that one. Don't worry. Yeah. Nice. It feels like in, you know, all those anecdotes you just shared, at some point you became quite clear on your why, like why you're doing all of this. Like, mm. are you able to both summarize what your why for doing this is and then also how you became clearer on that? You've had these moments that kind of, you know, had a moment of clarity, but how did you then break that down into not even necessarily specifically goals, but just like, this is why I'm mm. on those tough days that, as you said, in any career, never mind a career you're going to mm, have, mm. the why you're doing it. How did you get there and what is yours? Well, I think you can think of a thousand reasons why not to do something. Mm. Um, and you only need one reason to do it. And that is that you love it and that you're passionate about it. And I think when you are passionate about something, all the work that you need to do to make that thing a success unfolds naturally because you know, there's so many times along the way that I nearly was like, ah, do you know what? I'm just can't sing. I've just tried my bloody ass off and I'm not good enough. And I might find another lead singer to sing my songs. And because I was passionate about it, I actually stuck through and I kept doing the work and I'm still not where I want to be, but I'm 10 times closer to where I want to be. And I'm, and, and, and I think your why that you love it. And then, and then you just keep doing it. And then, you know, the financial, you know, what is it that you're selling? You're selling music, you're selling, you know, part of your personality, you're selling your worldview, you're selling these things to people. And you, it, there, there's a leap of faith in just trusting that if it means something to you, human beings are pretty similar, it's going to mean something to someone else. And if I think the art, the art of songwriting comes in, can you tell your personal story or the story you want to tell in a way that's as relatable to as many people as possible? Um, and that makes it more universal. Something you said there reminded me of a quote I saw on your Instagram as I was having a stalk. I mean, doing my research uh, just before, <laughs> which was the um, the Willie. So this may not be familiar with Sam. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Mm. Sam, our guest, not Sam, our host. It was the Willie Nelson quote. Uh, it's talking about how music is one of the the thing. How di everyone's different, but everyone's the same. And music is one of the thing. What one of the few things that brings everybody together. Definitely. I mean, it's, um, it's, he said it in a much more eloquent way than that. Well, he's <laughs> Willie Nelson. He would, wouldn't he? But it is. It's the universal language of the world. You could sing a song in any language in any part of the world, and you can make people feel something because it speaks in feeling, and 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 that is, you know. If you if you actually imagine the world right now without music, it just would not be as a connected, joyous place. And it also has the power for catharsis. And you think about how many um, sort of social trends have just exploded through connection around music. And actually, I can't think of that many songs that have perpetuated real negativity in the world. You know, 99% of music out there has had a hugely positive impact on people's lives and 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 therefore it's a really powerful medium and and when you and when you link music with film in an audio visual sense and it and it's done right you can transport your viewer to have an out of body type of experience and that, i think that's even more powerful than 
you know you can put any sequence of video and you change the song and the whole energy will will mm-hmm. shift and and that's down to the music something you just said sam that i, I really like is that you will find your people like whatever you care about whatever part of your soul you're bearing out there in your art you are there's always going to be someone some group of people some hundreds thousands tens of thousands of people that will mm. connect with it i think one mm. thing that's really okay it's a buzzword but i think it's the right word authentic about you is especially on your instagram just as a one specific reference point you feel like you get to know you as in you feel mm. like the multiple different parts of your personality and the things that you're interested in you get to to you know learn about you in a way that you know previous guests we were just talking to like the it's just a marketing platform it's like buy my single playing this show boom, 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 boom. and it's mm. like fair enough if you're beyonce you could probably get away with that but you know in terms of like really building that connection you need to be more human how have you found that as a human being in this weird world of social media and this weird world of connectedness, being authentically you? You know, one of the things I love is like you're doing book recommendations. I love that. That's great. Mm. That's showing something. You've found value in something. You're sharing that with your audience. That's, that's mm. magical. We love that kind of stuff. You know, do you still have doubts when you go to post something on social? Do you still film something seven times like all of us do? Like, how are you finding <laughs> that? If I fluff my words, yeah, because they're not, <laughs> which happens quite a lot. But no, I, I think the key with social is authenticity is everything. And, and also like, don't share anything unless it makes you feel good to share. Try not to get sucked into the rabbit hole of feeling like you need to service a machine. If you're servicing a machine, you're not servicing yourself. And if you're not serv- serving yourself, you're not going to serve the people that are, <laughs> are following what you do. Be as authentic as you possibly can. So you never feel like you have to put anything on when you're posting, sharing yourself, sharing your worldview as an individual, as you would with your friends. And therefore, yes, there sometimes takes a bit of legwork and effort to to film the content or the day that you don't really want to <laughs> make yeah. a video, make a video. That's fine. But as long as you're constantly being yourself, you're never having to fake anything and you're never building an image that you have to live up to. You're just sharing your authentic self. And I think where where it can go wrong for people is when they are presenting a version of themselves that isn't their their authentic self and then they feel the pressure to live up to that standard instead of just going, hey, here's me and not to be, you know, crude, but lift lift up the skirt and go, you know, here's 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 my vulnerable real self and this is what I believe in and this is what I care about and authenticity breeds authenticity and if there's anything we need more in the world now than ever it's just just people who are willing to just allow themselves to just speak their truth you know as long as you you know your intention is to have uh, a positive impact on people's lives I think you're not going to go far wrong and then inherently they're engaged and you can talk about the things that you're passionate about. Like, hey, I've got a new song out. And it's like, well, of course I want to share that. It's the song I've just written and I want <laughs> you to hear it. You know, and that's just natural. We've obviously mentioned 10,000 hours at the start of the show. Mm. Um, and we talked a little bit about some of the nuances of you starting your dream of being a musician a little bit later than the average bear. Um, what, what Sam and I didn't necessarily appreciate was you spent your 20s as an entrepreneur in the creative industries, when you started being a musician, you started from scratch, almost a new creative project. What, if any, lessons did you bring with you from having done your 10,000 hours as an entrepreneur in the creative industries with your production business? So I think, you know, I've been in documentary filmmaking for 13 years. It's storytelling at the end of the day. That's the core of all of it. And, And understanding what makes a good story, you know, how to suck people in with the language you use and give them information that's of benefit to their lives. Um, and I think that's that's been 
you know beneficial to like like for instance when i with under the static my album that's you know coming out on, on june 16th i was like when i was listening through to it i was thinking of the three acts of a film and how to take people through this emotional journey so you know there's the start and then there's the peak and then there's the kind of moment of realization and then there's this resolve at the end and it just felt a bit like the energy of a movie so that's been beneficial but i think as an entrepreneur coming into it i always think you know there's a lot of people who are through and through songwriters or through and through singers and they don't have that business experience and as an unsigned artist you know being in this industry God, there is so, my learning curve has been so steep, even though I've, I'm entrepreneurial and I've got experience and I've had to cling on and, <laughs> and, and, and learn as I go. Um, but I think having an awareness of branding and having an awareness of building a company and having an awareness of all these things has really helped because uh, to make a music career successful, it's, it's not just having great songs. It's not just being a great singer. It's not just being a good front man. It's, it's, it's building a brand. It's, it's telling a story. It's engaging people in what you're doing. And I'm still a fledgling, you know, in the industry. And, but, you know, I think it's been really beneficial to my life. And then also you're not totally relying on other people's view. You have more power over creating a vision of your project because you get to make the decisions and you trust your decision making so as a new artist coming into the game you either find people with enough experience that you inherently trust but regardless you always have to be clear on what is the, what is the vision of what you're trying to create and make sure that your job is to if you can't do it yourself make sure that you can articulate that in a way because you're basically taking the vision from your head and putting it in someone else's and everyone's <laughs> got their own creative stamp and by the end it may look very different so being able to have real clarity and conviction in what it is that you're doing um, so you can build the vision of the Thing that you're trying to create have there been any standout moments um as you moved into the music side of things that have made you go what the fuck is going on here like when you first try to get your head around publishing royalties and performance royalties or i'm still trying to get my head around all that to be <laughs> yeah. honest. uh you know thank god there's systems out there that help uh manage some of this stuff for artists now but i think you know five ten years ago how the hell yeah. did artists you know young artists manage um I think what's kind of shocked me a bit is I didn't realize how difficult it is for unsigned artists. You know, Spotify editorial playlists is where you actually make, have a chance of getting good stream numbers. And 95% of those slots are paid for by record companies. So as an unsigned artist, you you have this tiny little slither of opportunity to get through the door and actually get you know decent uh exposure and and it's tough it's it is tough but i just you have to know why you do what you do like if i for whatever reason my career went kaput and waves rushing disappeared and i wasn't ever going to release another song i would still write songs i would still yeah. do it because that is what sets me alight and there's the business side there's the getting the success side but it's like why do you do what you do and if it's not setting you on fire and it's not making you inspired about life maybe it's not the right thing but if it does get you inspired you know because then you just keep creating anyone can write a song in their in their living room they could maybe never even leave their living room and have people <laughs> from the other side of the world hear their music I and mean, how mm. cool is that there's lots of lessons around wow this is 
quite a tough industry to break into and also how wonderful how wonderfully democratized it is at the same time both in terms of fans and in terms of team you've kind of touched on finding your tribe finding the right people that connect with you in in different kind of Mm -hmm. ways on either side of it whether it is fans whether it is team is there any way that helps you find your tribe find the right people yeah i think i got some advice from a friend of mine who's who's a you know successful artist michael franti i don't know if you've heard of him he's like a Yeah, he's a great, he's a really great guy. And he is, you know, he's not massively played on the radio, but when he does a concert, it sells out in about half a second because he's the most Mm -hmm. amazing live performer. He said, never try and appeal to everyone. Never try and be a superstar. Don't do any of that. Just find your crew of people who love what you do and they will grow what you do to other people because they'll just be passionate. And that that was, I found really good advice early on. And I think my way of doing that, I think is, is, is the power of social media. There aren't any other real forms apart from going to gigs and actually walking around and speaking to people that you can have a chance to speak your truth and uh, share your voice. And it's, it's a shop window, but it's more than that. It's actually a chance to connect with other human beings that you've never met before on a personal level. It's, I think it's fundamentally important, you know, and and you look at someone like Lewis Capaldi, who's absolutely <laughs> smashed it. He seems like he has an absolute blast doing it, you know, and it's <laughs> the, key, the key is to make sure that it doesn't become a headache for you and that what you're sharing is authentic to you, I think. You know, so I look at Ed Sheeran and I go, okay, this guy is, about to do pretty much a gig every weekend for the next three years you know how is that sustainable but I think that's sustainable because he is exactly the same person when he's at home with his family he's exactly the same person when he's on stage performing to thousands of people he's exactly the same person in interviews he's never having to put on a fake version of himself and therefore he's just being himself and that's sustainable I think I just the number one thing is to just be totally true and authentic to who you are as a person as an and an artist love that I went off on a bit of a tangent sorry I was just listening I was doing that strange thing in 2023 of actually listening <laughs> um, and uh, it's a constant theme with our guests and with our listeners the approach to social media and I think you've just uh, articulated the what we call the make social media your friend approach a lot of people see it as a must-to rather than a unique opportunity that didn't necessarily exist before. Mm. Um, and how you frame that seems to have quite a big approach on on how much it feels like work or how much it feels like a unique opportunity to get your music out there that didn't exist mm. before. One of our one-liners is there's never mm. been more opportunity, but there's also never been more competition. Yeah. Um, I don't. I personally don't look at it as competition. That's my worldview. I don't ever feel like I'm competing. I thought you it. might say that. You've got a very <laughs> flat, yeah, no, happy, I don't, uh, I, one love energy. <laughs> yeah, no, but I really don't. I really don't. What's the point? Like, mm. you're, you're, you're disempowering yourself in a way. Like, because the only thing we have control over, over is our own thoughts, feelings, and actions. So, so, so make your thoughts great. Make your feelings good. <laughs> make your actions positive and, and focus on your art and focus on your creativity you know, if you're focusing on what other people are doing, that's 10% of your energy spent on somebody else that's completely out of your control. Just double down on what you're doing and and just have faith that if it resonates with you and you're resonating on a good good vibration, <laughs> not to get too hippie, um, it, will, it will land. What do you do, Sam, on the days when you're losing the faith? How do you get the faith I, back? And it, and it happens. It does. I mean, firstly, it's just, that's just life. You know, you look at a month, there's always going to be days that you're just like, oh, fuck, you know, you know, yeah. feel knackered or whatever, or you feel vulnerable or something happens in your day to day life and you feel a bit knocked. That's just life. But 
I, I think I've got enough experience, I think, coming into it as a 37-year-old father of two. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I came into the game, you know, a few years ago, but you just bide your time. You just go, okay, cool. I'm not feeling inspired today. It's just, just take the pressure off. Sometimes there's things you have to do that you just do. But I think part of the liberation comes in, except if you're, if you're being authentic, being authentic to how you're feeling in that moment. Some days you feel like a rock star. And some days you feel like cuddling up in bed and watching a box set, you know, that that's just life <laughs> and, and just being okay with that. It's chilled. I think trying to take the pressure off being anything that you're not and, and, and just trusting that authenticity, being authentic to how you are in that moment is enough. What do you do that is within your control, whether this is social media feeds, whether this is books you read, whether this is your creative space, what actionable things have you done or are you doing help stay inspired to stay positive stay happy i do loads of things uh and you know we are a living breathing organism what we put into our bodies through our eyes ears nose mouth whatever uh has an impact and i as a creative i'm i'm sensitive and it's a, a beautiful gift if you deal with it you know in the right way and there's a lot of artists out there who don't look after themselves, you know, my, my whole philosophy of life is think positively, feel honestly and live healthily. So making decisions so your system is good, being aware of what you digest, you know, are you reading news on a daily basis? That's not going to do very much for your sense of positivity. There's a book called The Five Minute Journal, which is a great sort of way to have an affirmation, a positive quote, set intentions for the day, reflect in the evening. I've done, I'm on my eighth book. I've done that for the last four years. Um, uh, you know, I read inspiring books and, but if I had to put it down simply, it's, it's live healthily, look after yourself, be aware of what you're digesting into your body through, you know, your eyes and any stimulus. Um, exercise is fundamentally important to anyone's well-being. I do yoga, meditate as and when I need but I just look after myself. I just look after myself. I'm gentle with myself. And having a positive mental attitude is like emotional gym work. You put the work in and you get the returns. Um, and there are the industry is littered with people who don't look after themselves. And um, I think as creatives, there's an even uh, even greater need to be sustainable with your energy. I mean, Shreet, what's on the waves rush in rider? <laughs> sounds like it's gonna be like <laughs> a yoga mat herbal tea and, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah no no i'm not perfect you know i drink the occasional red bull um <laughs> and uh but no i haven't even had many riders yet i'll tell you when i when i create one reunion chat in a year yeah. when the uh yeah. the entire yoga suite is at every venue waiting for waves rush in yeah, be, uh, yeah, be yeah good. Good. all the green <laughs> yeah. tea you can drink yeah. <laughs> right no i do i do love a coffee yeah. sam final question we end every show by asking all of our guests the same question we have the shared passion as you pointed out new music music in general we are recording this terrifyingly on the 5th of june 2023 what is one piece of new music you are personally loving right now one you said one <laughs> very dramatically there dun, dun, um, dun. i am loving a song uh called nose on the ground Stone by Tyler Childers. Uh, it's a country song, and I'm trying to do a few country covers because there's some way that they sing with such grit and emotion, and it's helping me get out of my head and trying to sound good and just going, Rah! This nice. is the emotion I'm trying to bring to the table. And it's a it's a really it's a really awesome song. Yeah. Beautiful, like a pro. Awesome. Well, Sam, thank you for your time. Yeah, well done, guys. Um, thank you. 